Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 17th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, doing great. Just feeling like a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Not yeah. a million, not a thousand, just a hundred. Just a so hundred. Good or not great? Is that, is that, what does that connote? Something negative or positive? I don't or know. Negative? I just don't know. decided on a hundred. I, uh, I don't feel great. Happy but. President's Day, by the way. We're recording this late. You got into uh, you got to the All Star game last night. I didn't get a sub. I figured we'd record late. Then I started to get a little sleepy. Then I fell asleep, and everything just got pushed. So rare, rare, rare sort of scheduling mishap on our on our end. But uh, we figured with the holiday, give us a little extra cushion. Fewer commuters out there. Yeah, nobody's banking today, so. You know, oh, yeah. we're big at the banking crowd. I guess I, everybody on Wall Street just that's all they listen to all day. I wonder, I, I wonder why we don't get a podcasting holiday. No podcasting this day. What should we bump it to Tuesday? I'm just saying we should create a podcast holiday. You know, I wonder if the PGA <laughs> this Tour is Podcasters Day. Who's your favorite president? Bill Harrison. William Henry Harrison, 31 days in and out, quick. Can always say you're a president. You have to deal with the stress, the bullshit, all that stuff. I don't know. I guess the whole dying part, I guess you don't get the, <laughs> the benefits afterwards because you're out because you're dead. But uh, yeah, that's the way to do it. Bill, William Henry Harrison, you know, 30 days, can say you're president, and that's it. You don't, you don't go gray. I mean, I guess he died, but you know, that, that's my favorite guy. Quick, quick quick how was yours i would say my namesake but he was a terrible president he was a bad president right was he a Ter bad person not, ter not necessarily terrible person and president <laughs> he was you... literally arguably the worst president of all time he was he was lincoln's running mate to 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 secure the southern vote so he still thought slavery should be a thing <laughs> Right, right, right. Not, not a, not a corner you want to be on. In hindsight, uh, no. uh, who is it then? Do you have I, one? I think I'd go with Grover Cleveland, just because I like the name Grover. Grover's a good name. That, there aren't enough Grovers around anymore. <laughs> right? I caddied with a Grover. There's a, there's a, another looper named Grover. Grover. And he was like seventy-five years old, but he was like a former track star, and he would like sprint. Show me up. I'm like a teenager. And he's like showing me up sprinting down the fairways because he ran track. He's like 75. But yeah, you don't hear too many Grovers out there anymore. Grovers is name of the past. It really is. It's kind of a forgotten name. Maybe we can bring it back. Get more Grovers there. You know, that's this whole like en vogue thing to do like sort of a, 
I don't know, a, a classic old timey name your child nowadays. Maybe maybe we can get Grover back in the loop. So uh, uh Grover Cleveland for nothing more than his name. That's your favorite president. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's it. That's just for the day. Uh, I figured you'd default to somebody like Lincoln and just being from Illinois and all that. But that's a little boring. Little I don't think story. Lincoln was really from Illinois either. That's that's spotty. Oh really? Yeah. So the license plate land of Lincoln may just be really kind of a misnomer. I I think there's uh, it's questionable whether he's actually from here. Gotcha. He's kind of like the KG KG. How Chicago claims oh, KG he's from uh, South Carolina, but right? KG only played one year of of high school basketball right, in Chicago. Right. Chicago really claim him? Oh yeah, they they claim him. It's it's kind of sad. I'm I'm kind of disappointed in it. You know, really? the city that produced maybe the greatest you know documentary of all time, Hoop Dreams. We don't need yeah. to stoop to to claiming KG. Yeah, that doesn't seem necessary. Anyway, I didn't know they were doing that. I think um, we are the best hoop city in the world, though. What does that mean? High school players, or yeah, yeah. just depth, depth of high school? Yeah, uh, it's too bad none of them go to Illinois. All well, right, that's because Illinois is. Just, who would want to go spend four years in Champaign? You. I mean, I, looking back, I was an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always like the yeah. the world. It was a big world. I know. And for some reason, I didn't want to explore it. I went to a small Catholic school in New England, in the Northeast. I mean, Boston was fine. See, but, yeah. I, I look at your college experience, and I'm envious. Why? Because you spent it in Boston. You spent it in, like, a great cultural city. Sure. I, I contend if I spent college, though, in a major city, I would have died. Because I would have done something stupid when I was mega worse for the wear. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were some yeah close calls. Um, anyways, we're it was way a great off it was a great tournament this week. I'm great weekend. Great. <laughs> well, I want to hear about All Star Game. Do you have? To, can you give us ten seconds? How was it? Let's talk about it later. Let's talk about right. it later. We got a little All Star segment. So, all right, Adam Scott, fresh off a of Flashback Friday spotlight, goes uh sixty four sixty seven on Friday Saturday to get himself into a tie for the fifty four hole lead. Then shoots 70 on Sunday. Uh, the only player in the final group to post under par to win at 11 under at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club. Good Sunday for uh, Adam Scott. You know, he bombed in that putt on three. And I was like, oh, I think this kind of might be his day sort of thing. You know, when, yeah. when he started getting that going, the big one on three, then he had obviously a save at 12. He made, he made all the, the momentum putts. 15 he loved his flop shot there were yeah there were a bunch of big putts six six was a double breaker coming down eddie made like he was just like once but once he made that one on three the long he was 25 feet it was kind of like well kind of might be his day it essentially last year he played he was in the same exact position last year and he made none of the putts if you remember he putted horribly yeah. last year I he mean, was we, in the second to last group maybe no i think he was in the last group Oh, I think sense. it was uh, Mr. Plum Bob and JT. So I pick Adam Scott every single year for this tournament. Every really? year, without okay. fair fa- fail, I always pick Adam Scott. I must have picked him for a, a decade, and I'm so mad that I didn't pick him. But I didn't pick him because he hadn't played at all. He hadn't uh, played since, since December. Yeah, since he won the Aussie PGA. This is just such a good golf course for him. I mean, Why? It, it just. Well, A, because he's it's similar conditioning wise with uh, 
with Australia. Australia. Similar, like I think uh, yeah. they have a lot of Kakuya down there. Um, yep. And um, he's got the, the firm, requisite length. I the mean, firmness he... of here, especially when it's firm, plays. Yeah. All the Aussies love firm conditions. I remember I I talked to Mark Leishman's caddy um, at Trinity Forest, and it was the first year they had a Trinity Forest before it rained, and he was like, oh, this is great. And sure enough, Leishman was leading the tournament after one day. Yeah. And uh, and then it rained. But like all the, the Aussies are so used to playing. It's just a different type of golf. Um, right. And these guys have such an advantage when it's played. It's the same reason why Peter Thompson, arguably the greatest open champion of all time, struggled so much in America was he came here and he was like, what, what, what's this green, narrow, uh, lush conditioning? You know, where, why is the ball rolling? Where, what's up with all the thick grass? And this week at Riv, it was, it was just a awesome, awesome week of golf with, um, Obviously, the the winter it's not a good time to host a tournament in L.A. Usually, but the wet season has not. It's it's the rainy season of all the times in L.A. This is yeah. So it's the rainy season. So it's actually like it. It's been very dry in the rainy season, which probably isn't good um, for For later. Yeah, for the fire season. But um, because it's been dry, we we got to see uh, Riviera like show out. it was so firm. The it just makes those greens come alive, and you have to be so precise with your shots um, out there. Yeah, how many guys did we see just have their ball roll off to the left on uh, on thirteen um, or 12? 13, twelve? Thirteen, thirteen's where uh, where DJ hit hit the driver from around the greens. Yep. yep. Yeah, it was a great great weekend of golf. Great final group. Uh, Adam Scott felt like an appropriate winner for sure. I was a little disappointed in Rory kind of, uh, you know, he didn't make putts. We also made some pretty bad mistakes. You know, last um, year it was fever pitch. He can't play on Sundays. Do you think that's still the case? I almost, yeah. I almost tweeted I almost, something about that yesterday. I, I almost tweeted something was like, he can't handle the, being number one stress of being number one, you know, he, he choked up down the stretch. My story uh, here. Uh, no, it was a good Sunday. Adam Scott, does this do anything to push him past Sergio Garcia? Of course. We got a lot of feedback from that from Friday. Obviously, this isn't any kind of... It's an amazing, it's an amazing, um, comparison just in general. I, I don't, I can't think of anything just offhand that's as close as that because, and I didn't know it was that their careers were so mirrored because somebody, everybody was tweeting at me last night, you know, Adam Scott is the sixth greatest player of all time, according to yeah. one statistic, the all-time money list. He is now six. But if you go to the European Tour all-time money list, that that whole dynamics flipped. Uh, Sergio kills Adam Scott. Oh, sure, there you go. Um, there you go. I think I, I just... It's pretty cool. I really love when tournaments, when you get winners, two-time, a guy that's won... I mean, he's won 15 years apart. And this yeah. event, and in yeah. terms of overall, he's almost won now. You know, his first win as a professional came in 2001, and we're getting close to 20 years of wins, which is just really cool. Um, obviously, he's not the young phenom anymore, but he, in terms of consistency, I 
there are going to be I I don't know how many guys in the future we're going to have that have 20 year careers like Adam Scott or Sergio mm-hmm. for that matter. Well, let, let's pick up on that then. I mean, he's at 20 now, but can this be 30? I mean, he's turns 40 this year. Um, he's hitting at 335. You know, he's hitting the ball still 330 yards with, with relative ease. Um, this is his first win in, I think, two plus years almost. I think the last time he won was uh, the WGC Mexico at the Rao. So this is the WC Mexico in the United States, as they say. This is uh, where that this the winning can get so overrated. Seventh in the world. Like it's not like he's been so last year statistically statistically last year was arguably his best year as a pro ever. What from a like statistics standpoint. Top thirty five in putting, I think, strokes gained. Yeah, so he was he was third in strokes gained total. And um, he was 31st in putting, which that's always yeah. been his crux. 10th yep. around the greens, 4th in approach. And the sad thing is, is, and this is where I think his comments come out from crux. Medina, yeah. is that he was 43rd off the tee. Like, we're, we live in a world yeah. where there's, the, there was 42 dri- better drivers of the golf ball than Adam Scott last year, which I just find really hard to believe, but... I think this is this is where the crux of the distance debate is that like I don't I don't think there's 10 people that really can do more with the driver than Adam Scott but apparently there are because you know it and he doesn't a, he doesn't die in the world, 50. He's a died in the world Tyler's guy but also you know has a mind of his own yeah, more he, than others. I, I think he he tends to he could take or leave the kind of the whole sponsor game and the personal branding is not necessarily a priority of his. Well, I talked to, with this uh, uh, with Shackelford on the podcast we did recently. Um, one of the distance debate, one of the things that stood out to me one time, I was watching the BMW with uh, at Conway. Yeah, and I was watching uh, Ollie Schneider dance, like drive it past Rory and right up with Rory for an entire round of golf. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I'm like, this is really messed up. Like, these guys are not, yeah. <laughs> you know, Ali Schneiderjans is a good golfer, but mm-hmm. he does not drive the ball like Rory. And and that, I think, is the same thing with, like, Adam Scott is in that same bucket where you watch him and you watch, I don't know, who you want to pick on, but... You can pick on uh Kokrak. Jason yeah, Kokrak. Jason Kokrak. Yeah, Jason Kokrak. And you're like, one of these guys gets helped by a four hundred and sixty CC driver, and the other one would hit it just as well with a nine seventy five D. Yeah. And he has hit it. I mean, with Adam Scott, we have the actual evidence. It's yeah. not like, you know, you'd have to throw him back in a different era. Um so I guess so that's messed up. I want to take your question. So this is messed up. Where where are the opportunities in 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 a season in a schedule schedule. where we get schedule where maybe that how do Australians say schedule? I don't know. We'll have to get someone to send a audio message pronunciation. (laughs) Where do we see where do we see maybe that compactness or that sort of overlap? not exist or where do we get some separation of talent is it a place like riviera is that one of the few it's, where we where 
where it just you you actually can get a little separation. So it's based it's, on skill. I think I think I've tweeted this. I've written about this numerous times. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's when you get the firm grass where the ball where the ball reacts when it hits the ground. So what that means is when you get firm conditions, if you hit a ball, just you're hitting an approach shot into green and you catch it just off center on the toe a little bit, it's going to put hook spin on it and your ball's going to release and you're going to end up 30 feet away instead of 10 feet. When it's soft, it just hits and stops. So when it's firm, what happens is it accentuates the really well-struck shots from the very, very good struck shots, right? The If you're just a fraction off, yeah. your ball is is moving far away, you know? Um, and then with, with heavily contoured greens, so Riviera's got some of the most heavily contoured greens. Mm-hmm. What it does is you're thinking, oh, I, I have to be on this side. So imagine a TPC course where the grade is, is it's very flat everywhere around pins, right? These players can just aim right at the pin or just they're just, they aim for pin high, right? Yep. So you have like a circle of your dispersion where your shot can go. Right. But it's always the distance of the pin when it's firm and you have sloped greens, all of a sudden you're thinking, Oh, I need to be, I need to make sure I, I keep it below this flag or I need to keep it right of this flag and short of this flag. So what happens is that circle moves short. So if you miss hit it from there, if you're, if you're all of a sudden two yards short, you're six feet below and say you come up short, you're six feet further away. Right. So what it does then is it just the guys that are the real class in a given week are going to that those guys hitting the ball really great are are going to show themselves. Gotcha. And we got that, I think. We got a varied leaderboard, I thought. I mean, and then all of a sudden, it was a great Sunday. A lot of shuffling where it felt like 15 guys, maybe 10 guys had a real chance to win. You All of a sudden, you have you know, Shaggy Kane involved, Scott Brown involved, Joel Damon was like, it just, then you had obviously those big dogs in the last group, those three sort of top of the world rankings types. But there was a lot of shuffling. DJ. Chez was in it. Then, yeah, all of a sudden, Big Bill Reavy was, uh, had a real chance because you didn't know if it was going to be nine. You know, with the those guys still having to play 18, you didn't know if the winning number was going to be nine. I, I think Scott making up, clutching up, making that birdie on 17, that, that was not a short putt. So uh, it's pretty cool. Um, Hideki finished first in strokes gain off the tee. He was in the mix, T fifth. Yeah. Uh, Sung Kang finished first approaching the green. He was second. Uh, first player, uh, best around the green was Chez, finished T10th. Second best was Hideki, you know, T5th. But then if you go, the best putter was Denny McCarthy. He he gained like 10 shots. He didn't do anything else well. He was, you know, in the middle of the pack. But then the second best putter, Kucher, was T2nd. So if you really were doing stuff well, it showed like any individual skill could carry you to the top of the leaderboard if you were like class in one aspect. Right. Versus a lot. Sometimes we see where you know you just had the you had to be great in in one aspect. 
Do you have a dump in the cup nominee? Oh, I'm going to go with DJ was terrible on Sunday. Terrible. He just didn't do anything. I don't know what's going on with him. Shot 72. He, I, did I, you see those irons coming down the stretch? Yeah. Like he, he was in the middle of the fairway. He wasn't hitting green. He wasn't even hitting the green. He had a 12 on uh, 13. He missed the green. He missed it on 15. He missed it on 16. He was, he had a 30 footer on 17 for birdie. I mean, he was bad. I mean, I was going to go with Tiger as dumping the cup. He's now, he's down to 20th. He's got to win. I mean, do you think Tiger's thinking about Atlanta right now? <laughs> In fact, sweating it out. He's probably, he's, he's probably he's really, really upset that he didn't make, uh, didn't make it last year, too. It seems like he's got a chip on his shoulder this year because he didn't make know, it to Atlanta last year. If I know Tiger, he's thinking about Atlanta in February. I think that they, we're on the edge here. We're getting close. We're you, the, you know that Rory commercial? No. Which one? Of the players one. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the walk from 16 to 17. They need walk. to do one with Tiger. That's like, you know, all year I've had a chip on my shoulder. I didn't make it to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be equally like as off-putting. You know, I was watching the post-game show last night. They had Ryan Burr on Golf Channel is saying, you know, now that he's skipping Mexico, Tiger's like, oh, he's going to play Honda, he's going to play Bay Hill, and he's going to play players. Why? He's not playing three weeks in a row. He's not playing all those events. That's insane. Like, And then Noda's like, well, he played 12 last year. He's already played two. You put in the five big events, as Noda called it. Like, we're already almost at 10. Like, I don't think he's got, you know, maybe a memorial. I don't know what he's going to play. It seems Noda mentioned, like, maybe we'll see him at Honda. I just, there's no way he's playing Honda Bay Hill players three weeks in a row. Although, the Olympics thing, like, if it really means something to him, maybe he tries to get more points, more starts, if it really, really means something. That's the only reason. I just thought that was insane to hear he's going to play three weeks in a row in March. Given how good he looked early on Thursday, I feel like there's like a real hosting thing where yeah. he Yo. just got exhausted by the end of the week. He was horrible. <laughs> Dumping a cup. like He could not hit it. Like it was in 60 feet of the pin. Wedges in hands. He was. I did not see that coming at all. He was really bad. I mean, making a double from the middle of fairway on 15 yesterday, just like 18 he's long in the middle of the fairway he's like can't even he doesn't even get near the green just just really bad so um i want to talk about 10 a little bit and how how this the firm conditions heavily contoured greens is the only way to test guys today uh, in this day and age was just on full showcase at at 10 so these guys are try, ha, all driving it to the same place because the analytics say drive it here. But yeah, the hard, the hard, only thing that that you can't do with the modern ball is hit like that sixty yard zipper like you could with the with the with the balada. Yeah, and that's what everybody was hitting it and leaving themselves, and all of them were just like missing the green on ten unless you were in the very perfect spot, like left past the hole. A little bit. If you were short or anywhere, it, everybody was finding the bunker. Like so few guys. Like that was a. JT takes the very opposite approach. You he lays JT up, right? 
He's like, yeah. He's like, I lay up every time. Like I know what the stats say, but like, I really, really, it's, I really like, I have this wedge shot. I like this wedge shot. I can kind of hit this right left spinner that I know works well there. And so I lay up because I think it fits a particular wedge shot that I have. So it it makes sense because like that, (laughs) we saw it all day long guys missing the green from yeah. 50 yards and and that's the type of shot that's so difficult for players today um that if they had it and it, if you played 10 at Riviera every single if every hole was 10 at Riviera I bet guys would play a spinnier ball yeah well that's quite a world we'd be living in I know but but I'm just no, if, you, if that if that if that was the only hole they played over and over again or holes like that, maybe into the these equation. guys would like play a ballot ball right <laughs> that would be quite a tipsy turvy world um topsy turvy world whatever all right any other thoughts on Sunday at Riviera um uh, I mean Max Hobos played great golf yeah his four starts this year, T9, T6, T14, T5. Yep. Pretty great little run. Rory, I mean, number five did him in, right? I mean, he nuked it way over the green. I mean, should, should we, we, should about we talk, about, talk about not even seeing that? The coverage? Um, here's my uh, – I think Sunday was among the white hottest I've ever seen. Twitter on coverage. And here's my general point on coverage. Like I, I hate, 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 hate harping on it at this point. I wrote many blog posts about it. 2013, 14, 15. Um, I just think it's like, it's, it gets really easy and quick to pile on. I don't like harping on the coverage. Uh, but uh, Sunday was, was not good. It was really bad for CBS. And I think it's because, well, well it, it was objectively not good, but, Riviera is one of those events that we want to really enjoy and celebrate golf. And the microscope's a little more intense. The eyeballs are a little more intense. Everybody's paying attention. And I think that's what we saw last year with JB, right? There was the pitchforks out for JB. And then this year it's the pitchforks out for CBS. Um, but you got to bring it. You got to be ready. You can't dick around. This isn't the 3M. You can't, you know, kind of stumble your way through the first hour with, whatever breaks and misses and things like that. You, you just got to bring it for Riviera and they didn't bring it. Uh, CBS did not bring it on Sunday. And obviously there's a lot of ill will built up already against them, but um, objectively, I just didn't think they brought it on Sunday. That's it. Yeah. I think the other issue that we run into is that everybody complains every single week about it. Mm-hmm. And it's this, this situation, like if, if everything it's the same it's the reverse of if everything's great then what really is great if it's yeah. if everything's horrible awful every single week and every single commercial break is yeah coverage being bad when it's actually bad it's hard to yeah like i i'm so just turned off to like i did not enjoy watching it but at the same like i did not enjoy watching it right but at the yeah. same time every week is is the same complaints over and over again. And I know that hopefully it'll change if everybody complains all the time, but I will say bad coverage was probably better than watching somebody plumb Bob for 90 seconds. That's, that's the, I, I, I I, I don't know. I mean, that JB last year to me was like the, the worst thing ever. 
Yeah. Um, but that's like also I would, a production issue too. I mean, you gotta it is. To, you know, but uh, that's also I, it's got to be hard to produce somebody that you never know when they're gonna hit a shot. Um, but it, it was a really bad Sunday of coverage. I, I, everybody flipped out about missing the Varner top, and I tweeted about it just because the quotes were so damning. But like, I thought more of it was like before then, like the the fifth missing the fifth really sucked because like there was a massive flip there in the tournament and it's a great hole to watch. And Number have, one player in the world essentially nuked himself. Three great players playing it and they're leading and you didn't get to see it. And there were just a lot of misstatements, a lot of mistakes, a lot of missed shots, a lot of commercials, like object, like they had the LPGA leaderboard wrong, which I saw a big Randy picked up on. Um, there, there were just a lot of it, it just, it's just real choppy. And I had no sense of the tournament which stinks because it's Riviera and Riviera like is a lot more than just the 10th hole in the back nine. The, the, the front nine is great to watch. And, and um, I thought a lot of it had kind of built up even before that Varner top missed top, which became sort of the headliner. Well, it, something that struck me too was we're coming down the stretch and, and Hideki and Bryson were making runs. We didn't see any of their golf shots really. Like Bryson made that Eagle on 11. It's like, Oh, Bryson. It's in yeah. the mix. And yeah. it's like, this is this is one of the biggest newsmakers on tour. One of the biggest yeah. names. And it, it showed one more, one more, maybe two more shots the rest of the way in. It's just, I think, it's just, they just, and the beyond that, I thought Dottie Pepper was fantastic. Dottie Pepper Why? is the best on that telecast because she provides insight on so many levels for CBS. I will say, the one quote she gave made me scratch my head. Is like, this is not a course where you can get it all back in one swing. After that's, that's Rory right. missed on five, I was like, well, what course is there where you can get it? But yeah, well, no, I, I think I think that. I think that where she meant by that is like you can't go try and make birdies make, because because yeah, then you're going to make it. doubles, and that's what what we see at it, especially yesterday where it was so tough. But right. but she can talk architecture. She's got the best. She has the best opinions in terms of golf course setup and architecture on the on the set. She also was talking about all week how Kucher was too far away from the ball on bunker shots. Like she she lends. She's got insight into the golf swing. She's the best person on that telecast. I mean, there and Davis Love is. I know I talked about it. he's really bad. Like I I don't know I I at one point they were like it's cooled down out there hasn't it Davis just nothing there was nothing. I mean and then Dottie picked it up and it was like oh yeah it's, it's cooled down like there was like a five second delay and then Dottie like came in but I think um yeah they there's nothing on the golf like they don't do anything to explain anything there's no level of like hey the 15th is really hard this is why yeah like it's a long par four but the you know it's as simple as like it's a really long par four one of the longest par fours on tour it's got a green that's narrow and angled away from a player so if you play out and make the hole longer you have a way in like that's a hole where when they have the pin in the back right there are very there are like maybe one birdie, one or two birdies the whole day. And nobody ever explains why. Like, yeah. their job is to make watching golf more digestible 
and they make it almost impossible. So I guess my point, my counter to that, and I, I fully agree with you. I'm playing devil's advocate here, but maybe like we're too in the weeds on that. Like maybe we're the we're not the general audience, and maybe the general audience wants to see images of the nearby car museum in LA, which we got, you know, instead of a breakdown of the 15th hole. I don't know that that's the case. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. I, I don't know, but it's hard to produce. I'm sure it's very hard to produce a, a golf broadcast and especially hard with everybody on Twitter kind of nitpicking every little thing. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I just I, think that a, a really good strategy with yeah. anything yeah. You've got a uh, golf is a passionate niche audience. That's what it is. A highly passionate niche audience. And Riviera might draw a little bit more casual interest than every other event. But if you just play to your passionate niche audience and you make people love watching golf more, that love watching golf, they're going to have it on more when they go. Like if I go to a buddy. Sometimes I want I have to watch golf for for my job. Right. Sometimes right. when I go to friends and I'm like, "Hey, can you put the golf on?" I almost have to apologize because it's like I know you don't want to be watching this. <laughs> but but like in in part of that is because of how stale it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it was it was not a it was not a good day. Objectively, not a good day for CBS. And I think some of that's the microscope microscope that comes with Riviera, um, but they didn't bring they needed to bring it and they didn't. Any other thoughts on coverage? Are we good? Oh, one thing I will say that I loved, and this is part PGA Tour thing, not necessarily CBS, but they had the big Adam Scott graphic and Alex Myers of Golf Digest call, called this out. I saw that. I, I, I remember I was looking oh, at it. I, I had the same reaction to yeah, Alex. Man. It was such a good tweet. Good, good pickup on Alex Myers. It's a broadcast tour thing. Uh, list like likes to surf Adam Scott, you know, height, weight. I don't know what it was. Likes to surf. It was like, the, like the, things, the things you need to know about Adam Scott. It was for, it was for the, the general audience. So good. And then career highlight, like nine-time member of the President's Cup international team. No mention of the Masters. No mention of the players. But nine, that's like we get a graphic of Patrick Mahomes playing football next year. And it's like, you know, won the AFC West last year. Like, what is what, what is that even? It's just it's so misleading. But I understand they're trying to you know, on a PGA Tour broadcast, and this is true, the tour gets mad when people talk about the Ryder Cup or the Masters or the things that aren't necessarily the tour. Even though it's an elephant in the room, the tour does not like it when their partners talk about non-tour properties, but as if golf only exists in certain silos and when reality is distorted. But, I mean, that, 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 I really enjoyed that as the career highlight for Adam Scott. Nine-time... I, of, I bet of, that's the first thing he talks about if you ask him. Like you've had a great career, you know what? What's the one? Ma- oh, I played the Presidents Cup nine times. <laughs> so I really, I really did actually enjoy that from the broadcast. Uh, one parting thought. All right. I this is the best event of the year on the PGA Tour calendar. I tweeted this. This is the one that should have the song. This is the one with the gold trophy. This is the best event. Year in, year out, this is the best event on the PGA Tour. I guess, like, if you're this running, is their gold standard. If you're running a tour, 
you know, yeah, I, I, I like the players. It's just the, the hype and promo for the players creates the backlash. I think the players is a good event in, in its own, you know, on on its own. But it's just all the, the stuff they try to jam down our throat about it that, that create, turns me off with it. But, um, I mean, but if you're, if you're running the tour, if you're in the, there like doesn't this make an impression on you shouldn't this make an impression like hey why do people love this course so why do people love this event so much why are all the best players showing up for this event like it's this mixture of history and course and market and wouldn't that do something wouldn't like you decide maybe not to go to fucking liberty national for your one event like like just why wouldn't that why doesn't that impress shouldn't that be impressive well they- because they they believe that the course doesn't matter that's the they they don't want the course to be at all part of the story. And we saw this week, like they they want similar conditions week in, week out. They don't want the golf course to all be a part of the narrative. It's about the players and it only should be about the players. But what we see every time, I mean, it's why the open championship is so revered. Really it's why Augusta National the venue matters. And we saw it with the Distance Insights report. They had a thing where like 40% of fans were like, the venue is one of the reasons I tune in that filled out that report. Do you it, really feel that way? Yeah. You think the tour doesn't, well, the tour, doesn't want the venues tour, to be part of the story? Yes. I, I think I could be convinced of it. The, but tour, like, the tour thinks that 350 drives, 350 yard drive replays matter more than the golf course. Well, That's like a, be, a real thing. There's got to be someone in the building that understands, like, why don't we just make strong events? You know, and the reason this is strong, the reason why this people are salivating, the reason why people get angry at the coverage being not what they want is because they love this event. And, you know, obviously a big part of that is, is the venue, this combination of history venue market that then brings those nine of the top 10 in the world. And, and I know this is a little bit of a... It, because I'm gonna just list off like what's the what are the the most memorable events every year? You got Kapalua, great golf course. Riviera, great golf course. You got the players, great golf course. I think Austin can be pretty fun sometimes. It's a really interesting golf course. Really interesting yeah. format too. Yeah. So format and golf course, two things that are are usually homogenized on the PGA yeah. Tour calendar. Yeah. Uh, Masters, great golf course. <laughs> U.S. Open, great golf course. You, like, you just go down the list. Open Championship, great golf course. Yeah. Like, the PGA is a major, but they struggle with golf courses, and it's not it's not held to the same regard as, like, they don't get the golf courses the quality of the U.S. Open, and that's a one of the big reasons that it's not held in the same regard as the U.S. Open. Golf courses matter. Venues yeah. matter. Yeah. And, and we'll get, let's get back to your point. You think the tour, like you think they 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 would rather courses not be any part of the appeal or the store. I think it's like a, it's a nice to have, but not a focal point. <laughs> and it's just so ass backwards. And the and it, a perfect example was was Trinity Forest and why it's not going to be on the tour anymore. But they didn't even allow that golf course to be to be, to be, it, to be what it is. They yeah. they they went against they ignored what the architect and the and the superintendent suggest the superintendent that takes care of the course three hundred and sixty five days of the year suggested how it should play. 
and they ignored how one of the greatest architects of all time and him suggested. You know, like that's that's the embodiment of the PGA Tour, and it should fit in the box, and every week should be the same. It should be different every week. We should see, and we should be able to understand, like, oh, it's firm conditions. This guy plays better in those because, yeah. like, we have the record of it. It's It's like, hey, we know that on a hard court, this guy in tennis is going to be a better player than, you know, he is on clay. Sure. It, that should be golf. You it, Every week isn't the same. You know, there, in, in MLB, there's pitcher's parks and there's hitter's parks. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. I think it's a good point. It's something to consider. I, I, I could be convinced of that, that the tours, you know, courses just aren't, are, they would rather that not be a part of the story. And it's all players, players, players. But the problem is, you end up with a leaderboard, maybe the you know players who aren't bringing in the bacon, and it's all of a sudden you don't have anything to lean on. So, um, all right, one last parting Genesis thought tip Monday tip of the day comes from Tamer. I guess on the first hole, DeChambeau, Bryson's tenth hole, someone screamed at him, "Hurry up, DeChambeau!" And he promptly had marshals escort them off the property at Riviera. Oh, that's great. Little tip from the ground. So don't 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 get at Bryson about his pace of play. Don't, I'll, I'll, go ahead. Don't get at any. Don't you don't have freedom of speech in a PGA Tour event is really the the moral of the story. Don't well, say don't say get in the bunker. You can't have a rooting interest. You can't you can't say anything. Well, hold on, hold on. We, we need context. The, the guy said like he was like getting close to setting up to the ball. Okay, so, all right. So like. His reaction, I guess, was a little odd, but yeah, maybe the fan probably should don't don't shout at players when they're over the ball, please. So hurry up, marshals, marshals escorting Bryson haters off the ground. Okay, on the first tee too. That's great. <laughs> up up at the uh, maybe it's some member, maybe it's Mister Yamaki shouting from the balcony, getting back at him for damaging the bunker last year. Uh, that first tee is amazing. All right. Uh, what else? Should we do some other results real quick? Indy Park wins the Australian Women's Open. MB. High class, high caliber player. She uh, She's coming Went. for that Olympic spot. She's already got the gold. I, she won it in Brazil. She wants it again. For, for, a women, for a woman golfer, the Olympic gold medal is huge. Yeah. In terms of just marketability and sort of brand appeal and explosion, you know. I think you could make an argument that it's bigger than winning any major. The nationalism of it. Yeah. Just from a appeal standpoint and the ability to elevate your your personal brand. I know yeah. I know that's not what they're in it for, but yeah, sure. But I, I think you could make an argument that the Olympic gold medal is the most important uh trophy in, in women's golf. She shot MB. It's been a couple of years. It's been almost almost two years since she won. Then she she uh, posted final round seventy four. Still went one going away by three. Um, she had on, that thing wrapped up through three rounds. The Just, Chubb Classic. Scott Perel. Oh, she, uh, quick note on on uh, women's. Yeah, Christine Christina Kim. Shout out. She she's been working her ass off. Um, had has had a bunch of bad rough years. Yep. Her last top 10 was 2016, and she's had three top 10s in her last three starts. Awesome. Shout out to Christina Kim. We like Christina Kim. Big backers, Christina Kim. She seems 
like a self-aware and sort of insightful voice in golf that we need more of. Plays by the rules. Yeah, that too. Don't go looking at what club. Don't ask what club the other your partner's hitting. Um, she knows she could have gotten a penalty for not reporting it. That's, that's awareness. On the Andrew, uh, Andrew Landry can't say the same. Champions Tour. Chubb Classic. Scott Perrell wins at the final round 63. Beats Bob Estes by two. Can I can uh, I run down this this leaderboard? Sure. That's why we're here. Chubb Classic leaderboard. Let's All right. Podcast All right. So keep in mind that the PGA Tour subsidizes this tour. The, the reason this tour came into popularity and existence was the opportunity to prolong the careers Arnie. of the great stars of the PGA Tour. Your Arnie's, your Jack's, your Gary Players. Trevino. Scott Perrell, Bob Estes, Kevin Sutherland, Bernie Longer. Anchor boy. Marco Dawson. Stephen Leaney. There's not enough Marcos in golf. That's a good name, Marco. Chris DeMarco. Fred Couples. All right, there we got to we got two in the top 10 of people that legitimately I could see interest in like post PGA Tour playing career. You don't think there's a big Stevie Steven Leaney contingent in Naples that they're just out there? Tom Lehman. All right, we got a third. We're, we got a lot of T9s. Tom Lehman, Woody Austin, in his own mind, he's one of those players. But <laughs> David Toms, I, as much as I loved that uh, the Sevenwood at the PGA, not on my list. <laughs> Stephen Ames, Brett Quigley, Brant Job. Oh, That's yeah, your top 14 them. players. Three of them have any sort of significance of, of what somebody would say. Like, it's just unbelievable. And I love Scott Perel's story because yeah. I, they're, yeah. they're like, as me, as somebody who, you know, played competitive amateur golf, like had those like thoughts, like, oh, if I just keep playing well, I could maybe like 50 and over set. You'll be all but, right. But this is not why it's subsidized. This is, yeah. this is, there needs to be reform here. This needs yeah. to. Either the top guys play or the, the pool, prize pool needs to be cut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the PGA Tour might be looking for some extra cash to, to compete with the PGL. I mean, they just fold this thing up. Say, I mean, I don't know if it saves you that much, but it's a little, little extra cash. If, if it was even, if there was just 10 events a year, I think that'd be okay. I think it'd be fine. Totally. Can we go to a less is more model? Like, just the majors and you know a few, a few markets where they know this works and has history or something. I don't know what those are. Play but, like one event a month. Yeah, yeah. And the majors. I was when we were. I was that morning drive last week. We had Tim Heron on, who's like a great personality, awesome guy, self deprecating, but he was just like I've just. He turned 50 this week. He's like, I just now have a schedule. I'm so happy. I know when and where I'm playing. Because he's like, he's been up and down. Like he got off the alternate list at Pebble Beach. He's just like, I never knew when I was playing. He's like, now I have a real full schedule. It's just like a lot of guys rely on this as a full schedule. And I'm just not, you know, 
the the whole the mission of the 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 original mission of the tour has been lost a little bit. Hey, um, one quick Adam Scott thing. Just yeah, I had it up, but I forgot to say it. Last year he had uh, t- he started twenty two events and he finished in the top ten in ten of them. Pretty good. So like, should not be surprised that he won. Yep. And the four year winless drought is such a cherry picked stat sure. that does not tell the story of how well he's been playing golf. Unless you're talking about Ricky, Tony Fino, people like that. I mean, we, come on, we 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 do that. Everybody cherry picks the one. You either win or you don't. Right? Is, is Adam is can Ricky get to Adam Scott or Sergio's level of a career? No. Are you kidding? You think so? Maybe. I don't know. He's got he, what is he? Quickly, is he 29? I'm quickly reversing course here. Is he 29? I mean, Ricky could win like 3 majors in 2 years. If we're being if we're being honest with what? ourselves. It's possible. He's won 5 times his whole career. I understand, but I mean, he's always a bridesmaid. He's always on the doorstep at these majors. I'm saying he's conceivable. So, I just, uh, what, how old is Ricky? 29? 30? No, he's older than that. He's 30 plus. Yeah, he's at least 30. He's but got, I'm telling you, he so he's finished. got nine worldwide wins. You couldn't see him winning like a US Open and a Masters within like a four year stretch. He's always in the top five. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But now that I'm thinking about it, I guess that could get him to a Scott Sergio type level. But in terms of career breadth and consistency, no, no. But I just think the majors, he could pass them. He might, he might surpass Scott and runner ups. Sure. He, so Scott's got 29 worldwide wins. Ricky's got nine. I, yeah. My, my initial reaction was no way. But then I started thinking about how we weight majors and maybe he, Picks off a few. I don't know. Um, all right. On the Lecom, last last leaderboard for the week. Lecom Suncoast Classic, Corn Ferry Tour. Andrew Novak wins at 23 under. That's a web tour score if I've ever seen one. Uh, goes 69, 64, 66, and clips John Chin by a shot in wherever that is, Lakewood Ranch, Florida. I was told that's like the most unwalkable course for fans in the world. I don't know. That's just a tip from the ground. They they probably uh, probably don't think the fan wants to walk. You know, the people out watching web.com tour. Mike Weir finishes T17. I think I saw Nosferatu tweet. It's the first time in more than two years he's got OWGR points, earned, made uh, OWGR points and jumped some 500 plus spots. Weirzy. Tough Sunday for Peter Uline. Shot 74, was in the lead. T20 still featured prominently in the Genesis Invitational broadcast. Did you see that? No, oh, people were worked up about that. So they do like this other tours, like Spotlight. You know, they got to come in, like, here's who won this tour. And the, the highlight they used for the LECOM was a putt by Peter Uline, who at the time was 20th. I mean, he started, you know, whatever, he started near the top. Was he in first 54 hole lead? Yeah, so like it was just like, why are we seeing a putt from a guy who's in 20th? So, made the Genesis broadcast. All right, that does it for results from the weekend. Um, <clears throat> any other news? Just WGC Field takes a big hit. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday. No Tiger, no Phil, no Ricky. 
Westy's on the flight. He made it. We saw that. You posted that to our Instagram account. Go follow our Instagram account. It's uh, running hot and heavy. Yeah, you've been, you've been going at it. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm dabbling around. I'm not a social media person. It seems like uh, you've just like, you discovered Instagram this weekend. <laughs> and just we're, we're all over it. I don't know about that. Anyways, um, but he's wearing a, a few commenters after you posted astutely pointed out he truly doesn't care anymore. He's wearing Velcro shoes. Westy. He's got these little, he's like my five-year-old wearing his Velcro shoes. I'll tell you what. I have a really hard time keeping shoelaces tied. Oh, I don't, my God. This I, is the least surprising thing I've ever heard. I don't understand it. I tie them. I double knot them. And they're untied like two seconds later. I don't get it at all. And I, I would love to switch to Velcro shoes. Because sure, yeah. the other here's the other thing. People, I'll be walking along. My shoe's untied. They'll be like, hey, buddy, your shoe's untied. You don't want to fall. Have you ever seen somebody trip and fall over a shoe? I don't think it's possible. It doesn't really happen. No, what happens? Right. You step on the shoelace, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. and you might right. cause like that doesn't happen. You don't trip over your own shoelaces. It's the biggest myth in the world. But given just avoiding having those conversations, human interaction. Every, you don't yeah, want to have human interaction. Well, really. every time somebody says something to me about it, I reply with, "Have you ever seen somebody trip over their shoelaces?" <laughs> All right. So you have uh, Velcro shoes, Westies on his way to Mexico. And then uh, you want to do a quick all-star? So Gnome Itzak sent an idea. Go what ahead. about that format last night? That was everything the FedEx Cup wanted to be. I fell asleep. Oh, it was incredible. I was pretty confused. So you play each quarter for... So the quarters, 30. it didn't matter, but it was a elegant, simple brilliance to the format really because everybody on like, no, no, okay the first three quarters suck not simple let they me, said it was not simple let me just get okay so you get to the end and the fourth quarter they had an eight point bone eight point lead for team Giannis because they were leading right yeah. and then they point they played to a point total you know what it became in the fourth quarter it became the game that every single American plays in the gym, pick up basketball. It was, you played a point, you're playing to 11, you're playing to 21 and the first team to 21. And you just saw the intensity when they got 10 points away from the win was like insane. And these guys were playing so hard. It was unbelievable. But the brilliance of it was that's the form of the game that everybody plays. Yeah. And that's why people loved it. So, because I was, was thinking panned. initially, it was panned. Like this is a jumbled mess. It's overcomplicated. What is this even going to look like? But well, you were a different so, person. So and it was exciting. The hard thing with the All Star Game was that you never see people play defense because you're just playing to an, a, a set time, and yeah. they haven't played defense the first three quarters, and that didn't matter. Like every quarter at the end of the quarter, teams were playing hard and playing yep. defense. And then in the that. fourth quarter. These guys were balling up. They were talking trash to each other. It was incredible. Giannis blocked. LeBron had one of the most amazing blocks that I've ever seen. That they had, they were challenging plays. Like you just don't see this in an All Star game. It was un, and it couldn't have been any more different than this, the walk in the park, sleepy FedEx Cup 
finals that we see. Contrast, contrast so, it. Yeah. I, I, the way I looked at it, the what should needs to be done, it, it just further cemented my belief that the FedEx Cup needs to be, you make it to the Tour Championship, you're all all-stars, essentially. This is our all-star game. Yeah. And from then on, it's the form that every almost 95% of club championships are done, are conducted with match play till the end. Everybody understands it. Everybody gets it. Like that's the form of the game that every, the majority, if, if me and you went out and played and we said, if we want to play a match, what are we doing? We're playing a, probably a $5 NASA or something like that. Or a yeah. ma- we're playing a match. Play, we're playing match play. Nobody goes out and says, Hey, we're going to play stroke play against each other. Like yeah. we're, we're going to play match play. And that's the brilliance of that all-star game turned into the form of the game that everybody plays pick up basketball. It's a good point. I like your take. I, I'm wondering how it applies, how we could switch it up in Atlanta. I mean, here's how you do it. So all star games is like a celebration. Like they have all these little tricks and things. Like I thought the Mountain Dew ball on the three point contest was a total travesty. I didn't watch that because I was, I was at a uh, engagement party. Oh, congrats to the new new couple. Congrats uh, to the new couple. Uh, but I. I just like what would you do in Atlanta? Would you? I mean, so it's match play. Would you pull, play up the money? Just have a wheelbarrow cash following the guys down the. So I, I would have every single yeah. spot played out. You play you you make it thirty two guys and you play yeah. for one through thirty two. So then you avoid sure. the the sure. oh, there's only one match on Sunday. It would be everybody is playing for cash, and you have the giant checks following them around. <laughs> this is the Walking fifth. This, the this is if he makes this putt, he wins thirty grand. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. So an idea that Noam Itzak, a regular listener, messenger, sent us is like, what would we do for like an All Star Weekend type of idea? Skills competitions, like dunk contest, three point contest. Would you do something like that in Atlanta? What would yes. you like? To, like, of course, like everyone's gonna go like long drive competition, but I think that would be boring. I wouldn't I want. I had on here a total driving contest. So it would be you'd create a formula of distance and accuracy to the line. Okay. So like you you get maybe it's long drive and then you subtract the yards off the line. I mean, one thing I would love. Yeah. Does that make sense? Good. Yeah. So if it, if you if you hit it three thirty, but you're thirty yards off the line, you're only you only hit it three hundred, and you do the aggregate of five drives. I think like a flop shot challenge type thing would be fun to watch. What about close? I think a punch shot. Like so, the reason like a the dunk contest stands out is because like it exempt it accentuates like these are humans on a different plane of existence than you, right? Doing a thing that you can't do. Yes. Whereas like. Where do PGA Tour golfers separate themselves from the rest of us? Obviously, it's big drives, but like they make par from everywhere, right? I, I think like remember that Finau shot on Instagram that took off. He like punched it, and it, they had like the perfect angle, and it was this like hard cut around the trees. Like I think something like that, some sort of like where you have to play a shot from a whatever a dirt lie, pine straw lie, that kind of like a punch shot where you're really shaping the shit out of it. 
to so get back and play. What if it was like this? What if you threw, if you had six different stations around a green at varying distances and you had one where you had to hit a lob wedge, like in, you had another, like you had the Seve four iron sand yeah. shot challenge. Then you yeah. had, you put somebody in the trees and you got to hit a punch shot, uh, you know, yeah. and use a slope to get close to the pin. And then you had your like bump and run from, you know, a big swale uh and then one thing just to be clear i'd want this to be is like i wouldn't want it to be goofy like a european tour type video which those are great like oh you have to you know play every shot in a minute or you have to play the hole in a minute with only a a wood or something like that like i would want it to be like actual challenges that show their skill are you know on a different level of existence i like where you're going with your your series here the the other thing i'd love to see is like i think the three-point contest could be like a you know like the the tiger woods i hit you know hit every shot hit all nine shot shapes yeah would be really cool and you could set it. up like hologram rings or something <laughs> and the ball has to start and you have to fade it low fade mid fade high fade high yeah. draw like low straight sweet. high straight mid straight like it'd be so cool it, you, be cool. Th- i would tune into like a a skills competition that would be really neat i i like it it's a good idea i, I mean, think I, I, go ahead a putting contest you could make like the three-point contest too where you had guys go around a hole but you had a timer and who could make the most putts in a minute going around yeah. a hole like you have like basically the racks yep opportunity also for the tour to sell the shit out of something the Wyndham, this that and the other the mountain dew ball like everything is branded at the nba all-star game you have to think that Wyndham would get more out of that than the the Wyndham rewards (laughs) maddie cooch i thought he was out for Wyndham revenge on sunday playing with rory after that shot he took at him at the banquet all right that does it any other all-star you're done with that right good thanks Uh, to Noah for sending the idea yeah all-star game was sweet you had fun yeah it was cool it was it was a really cool experience it was crazy to like just like it's been since 88 that's crazy the crowd at uh you know like it was it was just a it was kind of like a look inside like the nba it was just like because like it was you know it was a very insider crowd and and then you had like all the celebrities one thing that i couldn't believe like why is guy fieri get courtside tickets why is he an a-list celebrity like, what has he ever done to be an A-list celebrity? I don't know. Can that you imagine? Makes, can you imagine your like stick? God level money, I think, probably. Can you imagine your stick being like your bleached hair from like when bleached hair was some somewhat of a thing, and having to stick with it for like into your twilight? Like, he's got to be fifty plus years old now. He's got bleached hair. Just he's like committed to it. That and something. I know on his menu, I've never been to one of his establishments called Donkey Sauce. That is a fucking thing that's like a trademark of Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. puts Donkey Sauce on his food. I don't know what that is, if it's like barbecue. That and his, his little, his little you know, his hairdo. I, I, so they're showing... You're mad. You're triggered by him being corpse. Well, no, they're showing, they're showing people like the celebs. And it's just like, it's like Kanye, Common. You know, Chance the Rapper, like uh, Lil Wayne, you know, AI. And then it's they show Guy Fieri one break. And I'm like, what? How is this guy? This is not, we're not discussing the same things. It'd be like if I was like Rory, Brooks, DJ, 
JT, Tiger, Bryson, and then I go, Kelly Craft. <laughs> you had to bring Kelly Craft into it, damn it. All right, so you had a good time. Awesome time. Good. I'm glad you got to go. Apologies for the late late podcast. Do you want to talk about the, the pool at all? Oh, yeah, we did. We pay that off here yeah. at the end. We didn't bring it up last week, too. Apologies. And and people that won, you will be getting prizes. We have we, we have collected big, addresses. We have big will news bite. coming soon. Big news? I've been promised this week. We always say big news. I've been promised this week. This week for what? Who knows? Maybe. All right. Um, yeah. January, you will you will be getting your Outback gift cards and things like that. We promise you. We have all your addresses, I think, except for one, maybe. So those will go out and we'll uh, we'll get this done for February. See, First place. Go ahead. See how they run. First place. He's got four point seven million. Who's he? Got? Oh, we got it. Scott Kucher, Shaggy Kane. His only bagels are. Uh, Johnny Vegas and Lucas Beauregard. Presumably Beauregard. Is he in the field? In Mexico? Jackie Robinson. Oh, God. Yeah. Quite a fall for Beauregard. What's the Jimmy Roberts essay going to be? A year ago, he's being hailed as Joe Namath and Jackie Robinson. Now he's getting bagel in the pool. Huge. Jimmy Roberts essay. Didn't, didn't age well the second it went up, and it didn't age well now a year later. So, Huge quickly buy in second at 4.4. Uh, Huge quickly buy. Reference to a famous Tiger Woods voice message. Okay. And then uh, oh, in yes. third, Fiori's pool service. The grip or the Fiori. pool boy or at the Fiori. Fiori's pool service. God. 1996 Quad Cities Open champion. <laughs> Stout... Five foot four, two hundred and thirty pound golfer. He's not. He's five four. He's like five 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 six. <laughs> and heavy set. I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. Number D- four is Dustin's jet ski. Or a lot of great names. Good references. <laughs> a lot of scandals. The jet ski huge quickly. Um, the poor ass college fund coming up in fifth. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, a big fund to fill. Yeah. Can you? reallocate that from whoever's behind this i mean um kids are gotta be gunning for scholarships yeah or more people need to listen to the pod yeah more people (laughs) that'd be the easiest way to help the uh, poor f college fund um six is storm and woody austin seven is blue chips ahoy blue chips great movie great movie uh neon please put down the kids uh okay all right what was the what was the guy from Indiana's name? Uh, Larue or no? It was uh, what was his I name? Love, that movie was like a, a god level movie when I was. What a, was that guy's name? It's gonna drive me nuts. Neon Boudreaux is just an all time character. Penny Hardaway oh. was, you know, Penny Hardaway is one of the sad stories in sports. Like Why? how he, well, he just oh, you know his, his career. career. Yeah, Little Penny was the greatest marketing campaign oh, yeah. of all time. I had the Penny shoes in like sixth, fifth, sixth grade. We're so off track here, but uh, Neon, please put down the kids. Uh, okay, all right. Ricky Rowe. Okay, all right. His dad wanted the tractor. <clears throat> That's right, Ricky <laughs> Rowe. Uh, eight TOI. Nine, a team about nothing. 
must have been a fan of the podcast about nothing. <laughs> 10 is Mo Brentis. So those are our top 10 right now. Mattress, after- Ki- Mattress Kington Pro Publica and Slugger's Panama hat right after. Pro Publica. <laughs> Last place is R-O-C-T. Was that supposed to be ROTC or no? I think it's the, uh, the R-O-C-T machine. Uh, there we go. Uh, he's not having a good month. I wonder if he's purposely having a bad month. We've got in the bagel category, Bronson Burgoon. Bubba, Hank Labiota, Horschel, Ben on Fred Couples. I think we should give him some Chub Classic earnings. Top 10. He's in last place. Let's give him the whatever 60 grand that Couples made at the Chub. Lee Westwood, who's coming. He's flying in, swooping in. Here comes Westy's Westy. Got, he's, a, he's a late season. That's the thing. Everybody that picked Westy, they got two straight weeks here. You're playing the long game there. Shane Lowry. So there's two events left. Right, we're doing Honda Mexico, or no? Is the Puerto Rico's event right? Oh, or God. what is it? Cocoa Beach. Cocoa I, Beach is included, I think. I think that event. I think we should. I think fans should be able to relegate PGA Tour events and Fan promote. Voting? Yeah, how great that, would that, that be? That could get dangerous, cutthroat. <laughs> um, all right, that does it. Keep. We'll we'll have a new pool coming, of course uh in march but we got a couple more weeks left in february and we Thank got we got news coming about prizing are you 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 always over promise under deliver maybe news right we'll see we'll see we'll have prizes all right um everyone enjoy your holidays enjoy your tuesdays if you're listening to this apologies for the late late delivery but uh it was a late late sunday night and you know, old man, poor ass, fell asleep. Andy was, you know, hanging out with Guy Fieri at the All-Star game. So enjoy your Mondays. We'll be back on Wednesday. It could be a very eventful week. PGL stuff going on. A lot of big players in Mexico. A lot of big players not in Mexico. So we will be back in uh, full effect on Wednesday. <laughs>